TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. A blast to left field, and Nelson Cruz continues to pound the baseball. Number 23, and the Twins take the first lead, one to nothing. Cruz with a drive to center, a bullet, and that one is gone. Nelson Cruz with two swings in Chicago and two tape measure home runs. High fly, right center field, deep to the gap. He's got three tonight. Nelson Cruz with his, with his third home run of the night, and we're only in the fifth inning. Lucas Giolito had given up just 10 home runs all year long, and the Twins have hit four against him so far tonight. Those Nelson Cruz Bombas, courtesy of Fox Sports North. This is the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks. The magic number is 59. And uh, Miguel Sano went two for four with a run scored and two RBI. Rami Makhlouf here, Derek Wetmore there, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. And the phone line's open to you at 651-646-8255 if you want to get in on the first place Twins conversation that felt good last night Derek after all the you know tenuous high stress back and forth games in the, the A series and then and then the uh and then the uh who'd they play after the A's? the Yankees series I drew a complete blank there yeah I think a lot of twins fans are hoping to do the same you got a you got a nice easy one last <laughs> night you can breathe you get some bombas Dude. you get a good outing from Jose Barrios that that was much needed last Dude, night I mean all is right with the world again. After for a while, it didn't feel like it. Playoff atmosphere baseball is great, but the human body and human mind can only take so much. <laughs> There's a reason that happens in October and October only. I don't know if this is the case for you, and we'll get back to the Twins in a second, but like, do you get to October and then kind of... You look forward to every single night. There's baseball. Great pitching matchups, doubly so. But then that one day, the first day of the playoffs where there's like an off day... You're like, oh, thank gosh, right. I can breathe Dude, again. <laughs> it's exhausting. It's too much. The Cubs 2016 World Series run for me took years of my life. That was one of the hardest two weeks of my life that I have ever had. Would I'm not make, even kidding. Was, would you make that trade again? Hell yes, I would. Take those <laughs> okay, years. Right. They're not even the good years. They're at the end. They're the bad years. <laughs> you, do you get to pick the years? That's great. Wow, magical. Rami Makhlouf. Uh, look, it's not... Over because we've still got a, less than a week to go before the trade deadline. And remember, there's only one trade deadline in Major League Baseball this year. Uh, we got a chance to talk with Derek Falvey earlier this week at Target Field. And, like, it's clear things are happening around the league. You're talking to the sellers. You're talking to the people who, ah, I'm not quite sure yet, San Francisco Giants. You're talking to the buyers even just to kind of get a gauge for what's this market out here and the other thing that the Twins are doing right now that I think is pretty cool, looking back at historical trade deadlines. Hey, what was the cost for a two, you know, if, if you're going to buy an ace with two years of service left to your organization before he can elect free agency, what did that cost you in 2015? What did that cost you in 2016? It's helpful to know those parameters. And then I think you throw it all out the window this week and just say, hey, this is the price of poker. This is what we'll pay. Yeah. And I, I think especially this year, you, you, I mean, you can to some degree use past years as a barometer or a gauge of sure. what it should cost you. But with the way that the market, the free agent market and the trade market has changed and now the single deadline, I think it's a, it's a different 
It's a different scenario no than question. what these GMs have seen before. No question. I don't think anybody knows exactly what to expect. I've talked to a number of people who say you might be overstating it that it's going to be wildly different because a lot of teams, Rami, honestly, operate as if July 31st is the end. So what's gone away now is the sort of awkward period of trying to slip, you know, Byron Buxton through waivers. Like, you, Okay, we're not going to trade him, but like this is paperwork, procedural, we have to do this, this is August. No team sat there counting on getting Justin Verlander in August. Right. Um, just generally speaking, I think how the they smart the teams, deadline. though, continue to try to add for sure through August. I mean, if you have a window to improve and you're not looking at at possibilities in that yeah. month, you're not doing your due no, diligence as a GM. You're dead right about that. I, I agree. I'm just saying that I think that from a, a mindset, July 31st still meant something is it was still the July 31st trade deadline to a lot right. of teams. Um, my point here in all of this is that if you thought the Yankee series was stressful, uh, if you thought that four games against the A's was stressful, or if you still have, you know, night sweats about the way the two gamer with the Mets went, like buckle up. It's this the next five days leading up to the non waiver trade deadline. Oh, the trade deadline, I can just call it now. It's gonna be all kinds of fun, stressful, and then you got two months to get ready for the postseason. I mean, the stakes are higher in in the playoffs, obviously, than they are right now. So the stress is that much higher. But at least in a playoff series, you have days off. That was seven straight days <laughs> yeah, that's right. of high-stress, high-intensity baseball. You had four <laughs> against the A's, three against the, the Yankees. All of them were long games. I don't remember a, a quick game in the bunch. All of them were back and forth, bombas after bombas after bombas. All of them were hanging in the balance through the majority of the nine or more innings that they played in those games. Ugh. It was just seven days of stress, and then thank you, Jose Barrios, thank you, Nelson Cruz, for last night at a 10-3 Twins win, bringing the magic number down to 59. It's a great point. It was only one day, we should say that, and the Indians won too. So it's not like the world is perfect, but you see what happened in the Yankees game, by the way? The Yankees went off to play the Red Sox. actually, no. The Red Sox, uh, I think it was, I want to make sure I have this right, but I think they hung 19 runs on those Yankees. So, you know, you thought the Twins were tired after that, and they made wholesale you know, bullpen changes and basically flipped it overnight and said, oh, this ain't going to work. We need some new guys in here. The Yankees are reeling, too, and there's going to be an aggressive buyer. Um, they just got through with the Twins, and their starter ERA is like a disaster over the last week, week and a half. The Twins gave it to them offensively mm-hmm. pretty good, and then the Yankees sort of – not, I don't want to say limping out of the series because they won two or three and they looked like a great offense in so doing. But I think it's like a heavyweight fight where, yeah, where you're tired both, and, both guys walk out with with bumps and bruises and a swollen eye and, yes. and your heart is racing and you're exhausted. Like it's no, like Fight Club and now you've got to come up with an excuse for your injury. Exactly, tripped and fell at yeah. a corner of the table. And, and what I said about that series, Derek, had to was, face the twins. <laughs> was that what I said about that series? Was that yes, you you didn't win it, but Game two of that series was basically a coin flip. I mean, each team answered the other team's blow with their with their own blow at time after time after time, including in the tenth inning. You look at what the Twins did; they answered what the Yankees did, and it took a miraculous make or break catch yeah. to get the to get the thirtieth and final out for for the Yankees that night. That game literally could have gone either way. It was a fifty fifty coin flip. The Yankees are they look like a better team. After that series was over, but the gap is closable. 
It's oh, it's yeah. not they they it, this isn't some insurmountable task that the Twins have ahead of them should they face the Yankees in October. I don't disagree with you at all. Fascinated to see what New York does at the trade deadline because they've got ammo as well. They could go load up and try to trade for another starting pitcher. They're going to have to. Maybe even add another reliever because mm-hmm. the Twins got to that bullpen that's supposed to be leak-proof. I mean, it's going to be all kinds of fascinating to see. When the dust settles on August 1st, what are the teams? Who are the contenders and who did they add? And what do they look like for the stretch run to October? I'm going to be so fascinated, not just from a Twins perspective, but from a league wide perspective. Let me ask you, Rami, because we can talk numbers all day. We can talk trade deadline. We will recklessly speculate. It's what we do here. There are lots of things to talk about today, but before we get into all of the numbers and the rumored names and all of that, I just want to gauge your your feelings. I'm an empathetic guy. I'm trying to be anyways. I'm working mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Bit of a robot, but I'm upgrading upgrading my uh my firmware. We so, put the emotion chip in you. Yeah, and it's still got some bugs, but we're working on it. <laughs> so so I wanna know, like, absent all of the numbers, how do you feel right now? After it was only one game in Chicago, but I, I'm just trying to get a gauge for do you feel drastically differently? than you did literally 24 hours ago. I try not to ride the roller coaster, Derek. It's 162 games, and you will drive yourself crazy and exhaust yourself and possibly have a nervous breakdown if you ride the roller coaster of getting high as the sky with the win and down in the dumps with the loss. I have not wavered on this Twins team, even as the lead went from 11.5 to, what are we at now, three? Three games. Never wavered. I'm not that worried, and part of the reason I'm not that worried and never really was is because things are going to start to balance out now. The Indians are playing the Royals right now, which is a bad baseball team, and it seems like the Indians have been playing bad baseball teams for two months. But they have a tough stretch coming up, and the Twins have the easiest schedule in Major League Baseball the rest of the year. It all makes... The reason why the Twins got off to the lead that they did in the division and the reasons that the, the Indians have closed some of that gap make complete sense when you look at what those two teams were dealing with in those two stretches, both in terms of injuries and in terms of the strength of their schedule. Twins are healthy now. They got Byron Buxton back, and he immediately jumps into the lineup with two double two hmm. doubles. Funny. It's weird how that happens. They get Byron Buxton back. They're they're as healthy as they've been in, in quite some time. Indians are healthy, too. But like I said, now the Indians start facing some of the better teams in Major League Baseball, and the Twins get the Tigers, the White Sox, and the Royals on their schedule in heavy rotation for the last two months. Don't and, forget the Miami Marlins. And the right. Miami Marlins. That's right. How could I forget? <laughs> no, the Twins didn't. <laughs> it's tough because you still have to win the games. Like, Chicago could split this four-gamer. Sure. yeah. And I don't know. I think you'd be feeling pretty disappointed about that with 48 hours to go before the trade deadline. But I think the way that the Twins are looking at this team, Rami, is I kind of try to mirror the way that they think about it, which is the last game almost irrelevant other than did you burn up your bullpen and do we need to make roster moves today? But they look at the whole picture and it was what is it 101 102 games something like that low 100s record they probably do pay attention to record against good teams they look at offensive production they look at what pitchers have allowed how they've been in the field and i'm guessing too i'm just guessing here but i think they probably look at some rolling averages of how are you playing over the last 2 weeks 
not because it's an indication of how good your team can be, but because it's an indication of, hey, you know, are there some things that aren't working? Or are there some things that we need to clean up? Or, gosh, wouldn't it be nice to have Byron Buxton back? That's what power rankings are. Power rankings aren't saying this team who we have ranked number one this week is the best team in baseball and shall remain so forever here and forth. Yeah. It, It means who's the hot, who's the best, playing the best baseball right now. For sure. Probably in like a seven to ten game sample size. And not to say that the the season at large doesn't play into whatever formulas, whatever website or, or publication you're going to. Yeah, you can for, go ten and all. If you're but, the Tigers, you're the Tigers. But what weighs heavily in any of them is is what you've done in the recent in in the recent past, yeah. in the last seven to ten, in the last week or two. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's I look you're at absolutely that. right. I, mean, I look at that for sure. I mean, I care. And if I'm trying to decide, I don't know, maybe we're shadow boxing here, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> is there still a decision to be made? Is this a team worth investing in? No. I think it's a pretty obvious answer. Yes, this is a team worth investing in. Absolutely. So go invest. I don't think. Do you, if you're, and we'll get into the more specific speculation yeah. a little bit later in the show. But if you're a GM or any kind of front office guy with some sway, some power who has some some you factor into some of the decisions that you're going to make leading up to the trade deadline. How much does your fan base factor into what you do? Because you look at what Twins fans have done and they have bought into this baseball team. You look at TV ratings, you look at attendance, they're going to, if they keep at this pace that they've had in the last few weeks, they're going to be over 2 million, about 2.3, 2.4 million for the first time in a couple of years. Do you if you're Derek Falvey, Thad Levine, the Polads, you look at that and say, we can't alienate this fan base. They they bought in, and we have to keep them bought in. We can't give them any reason to to say, ah, we we were wrong. This team was uh the you know the cheap Polads or whatever people want to throw out there. They don't really want to win. They're not going to spend money to win. Whatever the perception out there might be, do you feel a need to prove that you are serious about winning baseball games this year? The short answer is, I don't care. I don't care what Twitter says. Uh, but I take input from everywhere. They're, Not Twitter. That's hard data. Attendance and TV ratings and radio ratings, that's hard data in terms of the interest that people yeah. have. I'm not saying that you have to appease your critics or the people okay. who were your doubters in the past. I'm saying you have a fan base that's bought in after, you know, you've had some tough times at Target Field in, in recent history. And attendance hasn't sure. been that great. TV ratings haven't been that great. You don't want to violate that trust. Is what I'm saying to some degree. Not that I'm yeah. not that I'm completely. Well, here's what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't mm-hmm. sell. Right. I'm not trading Sano and Gibson and Odorizzi just because maybe I don't have a plan for one guy and he's hot right now and those other two are walking. I wouldn't do that. That's a violation of trust. But if you don't go add a seventh inning arm, I don't think that's a violation of trust. Like here's where I'm at with this. If I'm sitting in um, Thad Levine's chair, and there are like 100 votes in the room. And I'm going to get some of them, and Falvey's going to get some of them, probably a higher share than than an analyst would get. But he has a finite number of votes. It's a democracy. The fans are getting a vote. They get one, but it's one out of 100. It's not going to sway me from should I buy or should I sell, and it's probably not going to sway me from should I trade Alex Kirilov, or should I not? I just I just know what I'm going to do there. For right. me, I'm not. But the the trust thing is really pretty interesting because 
from the, now I'm taking my GM hat off, Rami, and I'm going to put on my radio host sure. hat. From this perspective where I sit in this chair hosting uh, Score North First Place Twin Show, live from Bomasota, the land of 10,000 rakes where the magic number is 59. 59. My purpose here is to call it like I see it. And how I see it is Derek Falvey and Thad Levine have earned the right to be trusted. Like, I don't know how you'd come to any other conclusion right now. Because, and I make this distinction all the time, they don't need to win you over. They don't need to win me over. They don't need to win over hardcore baseball fan who has been following and thoroughly understands what Falvey and Levine have been trying to do since they got here. That's not the guy you're trying to win over. Okay, You're trying to win over a casual fan who might flip on the Score North first place Twins show once or twice a week. You should be doing it much more often. They're a good baseball team, and it's a great show, and the app is awesome, and it's free, and it's your one-stop shop for all written content right from scorenorth.com really as well. Is. It's great. It's easy, it's simple, and it's free. Did I mention it's I free? just click into it, and I can hit listen live, and you could be listening to us right now. The the guy, the, sure, ga- the gal, the family that you have to win over right now is the casual fan who, okay. who doesn't necessarily know the plan, hasn't been following the plan, and doesn't really understand the plan. They just know this Twins team hasn't been winning a lot of baseball games in recent years. Now they are, and, yeah. I, and I bought a ticket. And I'm going to keep buying tickets as long as you give me a reason to keep buying tickets. I'm going to keep turning on my TV as long as you give me a reason to sure. keep turning on my TV. All right. I will go away if there isn't, sure. if there isn't a move made by the trade deadline. Or when the Viking season starts. Or when the Viking season starts. Okay, right. so John in Chaska, the reason that Thad Levine and Derek Falvey need to win you over was just explained by Rami. I totally get it. I'm sure there is a John and Chaska listening. That'd Probably. be awesome. You should call the show. Say hi. But the thing to me is they've already done that to an extent. Bombas. Bomba Soda is a real thing, and they built it. It's not just some like accident that, oh, yeah, well, hey, juicy baseball, so now every team hits 300 home runs. No, pretty much just the Twins. Like They could finish as the most powerful offense in baseball history. Yes, aided by the ball. I'm not going to try to hide from that, but they took advantage to it, are taking advantage to it to an equal or greater degree as other great teams, the Astros, the Yankees, the Dodgers. This is a great baseball team right now. It has some deficiencies. I'm not hiding from that. I'm not going to try to whitewash you over and, and lie about the truth. But the other part of the truth is if you're going to... If you're going for the earning respect of the public, I think they've already shown by filling up target field and by hitting Bombas on Bombas, and they're going to break the Major League home run record. They broke one last night. They are going to break the single-season home run record as a team. That, to me, Rami, in addition to last night's record that they topped, like that, to me, is buying in the casual fan. John and Kathy and Chaska can now go to a couple of Twins games. I don't think you need to make the all-in trade your top four prospects for Noah Syndergaard and Edwin Diaz, and now you've bought them in. You you don't owe them that. Derek mentioned they broke a record last night. Twins the first team in Major League Baseball history with nine-plus games of five or more home runs. Yeah, that's pretty good. Ever. Like, talk about a juice ball all you want. For sure. They did something that hasn't been done in the history of baseball. 
And lots of them. You want Bombas? <laughs> Maybe we should get one of those. <laughs> you want Bombas? In the you want Bombas? <laughs> Live on the fly. I like we it. have several Bombas. <laughs> we have all of the Bombas. That's, that's amazing. That, to me, is the thing that is drawing this fan base in right now. The, the hardcores who've been waiting for them to be good... That's awesome. They were going to be here as soon as the Twins were good anyways. But then there's that other, there's that fringe group of Twins fans who are like, I would, I'll would, i throw my brother into this category. He's like, probably watched 10 Twins games the last five years. And now that they're good, it's on every night. Mm-hmm. Might not watch the whole thing, but I'm here to see Bombas. I'm here to see Nelson Cruz hit three Bombas in one game, which, by the way, the Twins can thank Nelson Cruz for giving them that home run record. Nine games, nine different games in a season. Almost 10% of their games this year have featured five or more home runs. That's insane. It's insane. It's It's crazy. There's no way to contextualize that, and that, that shows how crazy banana pants that stat is. I like banana pants. It's funny. It's a good word. I like it. No problem. I'll bring it back. Real quick, though, before we uh, hit a break, and then we're going to get into some reckless trade speculation. We have a little bit more on on Noah Syndergaard today than than we did yesterday. But I think uh, something that maybe was off the radar got swept under the rug in yesterday's game. You talked about what happened to the Yankees after the Twins and the Yankees went blow for blow and left the ring with two swollen eyes and and missing teeth after that three-game series. (laughs) Jose Barrios gave you exactly what you needed last night for that Twins pitching staff. I mean, they were beat up up and down. Their starters were beat up leaving that Yankees series and what happened in the A's series. The bullpen, I mean, you've DFA'd half your bullpen in the last two weeks, and there's a reason for that because A, they haven't performed, and B, they've been overworked, and you just needed fresh arms. For Jose Barrios to come in last night and give you seven innings of two-run baseball, and it was another one of those nights, Derek, where he didn't look like he necessarily had his best stuff early on, powered through it, figured some things out, and hung in the game for seven innings. And then everybody's favorite, Sean On and Poppin, came in and gave you two innings of scoreless baseball to We're just supposed to sit to here and close, take that. Yeah, to close the thing out. He'll probably be sent back to the Biders the way things have been going with the Twins bullpen lately. Sean On and Poppin. You know that guy went to Harvard? Did he really? He has to sit here and take this from you. <laughs> Not to mention your co-hosts, man. Wow. No, dude, it was really impressive. We can definitely talk about that. I, I'm not done talking about this White Sox game because there are a lot of tentacles. So uh, we have we have more to touch on in last night's game. We have reckless trade speculation. We have to play America's favorite new game show. Did the Twins bullpen do its job before I get out of here at 1 o'clock? And uh, we call in the big righty, Judd Zolgad, for our number two of the Score North first place Twins show. So much to get to on Score My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. The Score North Twin Show. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. A high drive to right center field. This ball is tagged and 
Kong, Max Kepler, with a two-run home run, and it's 5-1. to one. That highlight, courtesy of Fox Sports North. This is the Score North First Place Twins Show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is 59. Rami Makhlouf here, Derek Wetmore there, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. We'll swap out Rami for Judd Zulgad coming up at uh, 1 o'clock for hour number two of the Score North First Place Twins Show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes, where the magic number is 59. I uh, ran to the bathroom real quick during the break there, Derek, where I do some of my best thinking. Yes. You didn't like Sean on and pop. You thought it wasn't worthy of his Harvard status. I got a better one. I think I got a better one. You okay. guys tell me what you think. Okay. Sean popping and locking an old uh, breakdancing reference. Popping and locking. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Manny. I mean, can you back me up on this? Am I being crazy? <laughs> Sometimes I'm been known to be a bit of a wet blanket. So, Manny, tell me if I'm wrong. I actually, I actually like Sean on and popping a little bit. Me too. <laughs> I was just better. trying to give him a hard time. But his second I don't know one. if Sean Poppin wants to be popping and locking. Popping and locking. Locking up the hitters in the batter's box. So. He was last night. <laughs> I didn't think that's what you meant. It's not. But uh, it makes sense when I do it that way, so I'll throw that in there as well. Popping and locking. But if you guys want to go with on and popping, we can we can do that as well. You know what? I like the I, I like the interior rhyme scheme there. Okay, Sean on and popping. Yeah, kind of cool. All right, we'll stick with that then. All right, that'll be his nickname until he gets sent back. To the so sad. Like, all right, before we get to the bullpen game, I gotta say this: Devin Smeltzer did his job yes, unequivocally. Yeah, two nights ago. Dude, that's not the first time this year that this has happened. Where I know. A, a, they call a guy up to do his job, and then he gets sent right back down for doing his job. It's an arm. It's it's a live arm that they want in those situations. That's all they're looking for is a live arm to give their dead arm some rest. I totally get it, and the strategy makes sense. Somebody tweeted me yesterday and said. How can you, if you're trying to fix your bullpen, and Devin Smelter goes five innings with one run after Jake Odorizzi, former ALERA leader Jake Odorizzi. Yeah, remember when that was part of the intro? I sure did. Yeah. He's a long ways away from that. <laughs> it's going to take some time <laughs> yeah. to get that ERA back under <laughs> Probably, two. Probably, yeah. Uh, he goes, so, so Jake goes four innings, nine runs. Smelter goes five innings, one run, solo shot to Ed Wing. And gets sent out. Now, I totally get it. Person tweeted me and said, uh, how can you, if you're trying to fix your bullpen and then somebody goes and does a job against that lineup, seem to hit, seem to struggle against lefties a little bit, but so he does his job. He did probably more than you could have conceivably asked him to do, and he did it with a smile on his face and a yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, and then he gets sent out. And I tweeted, and it's true, optimal roster use is going to require you shuffle through people because Smeltzer's not going to pitch yesterday. He's not going to pitch today. Mm-hmm. So, like, hey, is that you You want that dead spot on your roster in addition to the dead spots for starting pitchers? Well, no, probably not. Not when you're going through a tough stretch. But optimal strategy is going to require cycling through, and optimal strategy, I'm here to tell you, requires that you are cold-blooded. It requires that you don't care. It requires that you are callous and you just, it's a, it's a, Judd says it all the time. It's a hired hit. It's do a job, 
if you throw too many pitches and you got a minor league option and we could use the arm tomorrow and we can't use your arm tomorrow without putting you in serious health risk, sorry, see ya. We'll go keep you on schedule in Rochester. See you next time we have a hole. Thanks know what? for pitching. Last year, down when I was down in Milwaukee still, this was the way that the Brewers operated. And it was the first time that I saw a team oh, yeah. sort of operate like that, where they don't look at it as a 25-man roster and a 40-man roster. They just see they just see a 40-man roster. And even though 15 of those guys are not available to me by rule today, they are still depth for tomorrow and the day after and the day after that and yeah. the day after that. It's organizational depth. And if I'm one of those guys, if I'm a Devin Smeltzer or any of these other guys who've gotten called up, did what I was asked to do and got sent back down, I don't look I'm not discouraged by that. I, mm-hmm. I, I look at it and say the big league ball club was counting on me and probably will count on me again. Yeah, I'm gonna get back on the bus. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to facing minor leaguers, but essentially I'm part of a big league ball club. I'm I'm a piece of it. It might not be the biggest piece. Hopefully I'm a bigger piece down the road, but this is what I've worked on. This is what I've worked for my whole life. I'm a part of a big league ball club that needs me to help them win a division. Well, and good on you for having a great attitude and being a good soldier, because I'm not sure that everybody feels that way. Um, I'll take you one step further. 40-man roster, it's like 50 right? Or 55, because they're, they're DFA and guys left and right. Like, oh, you don't fit on the 40-man anymore, but you don't have minor league options? Bye. DFA, push you out the door. Get somebody else in here. Now, the Twins have kept a little bit of space on their 40-man roster, you want to speculate and draw a straight line correlation there and say maybe trades are coming and they'd need to add somebody. But there is no limit to the sort of cycling through. Um, it's not even limited to did you do a good job or not? <coughs> Devin Smeltzer did do a good job. As and, good a job as he could have been asked to do. And bye. See right. You. We'll see you next time. And I just personally, for me, I know that would wear on me. That would be so grating. I would be like, man. What do I have to do? Is literally all I have to do be older? <laughs> run out of options. Right? That's what you need to do. That's right. You need to run out of minor league options. So major league clock has kind of changed because now it's not like, okay, you're a rookie. or You remember how it used to be, Rami? You'd get you'd have some prospects that you'd kind of heard about and you'd read about in the local paper, and mm-hmm. so they'd get a September call-up, and you'd see the kid, and he'd play a couple times a week, and you're like, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, he's overmatched, but like... He's putting his big league pants on this month. He's taking his big league checks, and we'll see him in spring training. Go earn a spot. Right. Right. Go win the shortstop job next year. You've got some seasoning. Now it's yours for the taking. Now it's like, especially for pitchers that aren't Max Scherzer uh, or Walker Bueller, you just you come up, and it's probably in the bullpen, very likely in the bullpen. And then for the first three years of your career, it's you could be gone literally any day. It might not be your fault. You might be a victim of circumstances. I guess it, as a as a longtime baseball fan, I guess that it does frustrate me, but I totally get the strategy behind it. And I just, I guess I just hope that a Devin Smelter, I think he does, has a Rami Makloff type of attitude, which is to say, all right, I did a good job. I'm glad they picked me. 
Got a nice big league check, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. Now it's back to Rochester to earn my trip back here. Dinner's on me, boys. What's the nicest restaurant in Rochester? <laughs> well, you could ask Matthew Collar when he comes back. I don't know, though, if like you earned enough in your one day that you can buy the whole team dinner, right. like if Nelson Cruz was rehabbing We're going there. to Hardee's, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Nelson Cruz hey, is probably putting out in Fort Myers. I'll go to Hardee's any day of the week, man. <laughs> <laughs> Frisco Burger all day, baby. Manny, you can pull that drop for future shows because I think Rami just promised us Hardee's. I think he promised that, that he's going to get us. So I know I know what to get Manny when he does me a solid, yeah, and, I need, right. and I need to make things all day. <laughs> Frisco Burger. There you go. <laughs> It's pretty good, man. It's 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 heartless and it's part of the deal. That's, no, but honestly, when, it's when, a comma, not a period, in between those two things. It's heartless and it's part of the deal. When and you, it might be heartless. I, maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe I just don't have a heart to to feel that or see that. But when I saw the Brewers operating like that last year, I was like, this, it's one of those things that you go, this is. This is how every team should have been operating forever. Like, why has it, it? It didn't occur to me before. I'm not saying I'm the genius who is ahead of the curve, but why didn't this occur to anybody before to to run your roster the way that the Brewers did last year and the and the way that the Twins well, did this year? If you have 40 players at your disposal who are there for you to use. Why wouldn't you use them, especially when you run into a stretch of schedule where your bullpen or any other part of your roster gets extended and stretched thin and they're beat up and they're tired and you have fresh arms and fresh legs down in your minor league system who can come up and help and give those guys a spell? I'll tell you why. Because for a long time, 30 general managers had a heart. And then there was one. To hell with that. I, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm trying to win baseball games. I should I be have clear time here. For heart. I should be clear. I'm just presenting facts without judgment. <laughs> so if you, dear listener, judge this, or you, Rami Makloff, or you, Manny Hill, because I know the guy who's coming in here at 1 o'clock, Judd Zolgad, does not judge this, but I'm just saying one person came along. And this strategy was concocted, developed, and I guarantee you it was talked about a lot. It's Taxi Squad. They had a name for it. Mm-hmm. Dude gets called up, rides with the team for a little bit. If it turns out that, oh, we didn't need you this swing of a you know three games in Oakland, if it turns out that we didn't need you, well, then we won't make a roster move. Sorry. You got to hang with the big boys for a little bit. She didn't get a game check. Like It's been around. It's been a thing for a long time, but it took one person systematizing it. I don't know who that person was, but as soon as the floodgates were open on, hey, there's no do right by Devin Smeltzer. There's no such thing. That doesn't exist. Devin Smeltzer is a professional pitcher who did a good job and who has a minor league option remaining. We need that spot for a fresh arm. These are the deal. This is the transaction that you're making. This is the agreement. This is pro baseball. This is the big leagues. Right. So, on one hand, I feel for Devin Smeltzer, and I think for a long time, a, a lot of people in positions of power would feel for him in that spot. And I'm not just making this about Devin Smeltzer. You said it yourself, Rami. This is a this is a thing across all teams, and it has been a thing for the Twins for a couple of years now. My point is that as soon as it was systematized and just part of, well, this is how you operate, and if you don't do this, this sort of heartless paper transaction, send yeah. a guy out, say thanks for playing— you fall behind because this is the big leagues now. Everybody's doing it, and if you don't want to do it, then sorry. Right. Competitive disadvantage. By the way, speaking of falling behind, and I know we're going to talk about Noah Syndergaard and trade rumors, reckless speculation more in depth in the next segment. Did you see, 
I don't know who tweeted it out yesterday, but somebody tweeted out yesterday that the uh, the Mets don't want to trade Noah Syndergaard to a couple of teams. They have a couple of teams on their list because those teams are good at analytics, and so they'll figure out Noah Syndergaard and fix it. Basically, they said, uh, we're a bad organization. We don't know how to get the most out of this guy, and God forbid we trade him to somebody who does. Like, just get better. Just get better. If my God, track <laughs> the New York Mets. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was come on. That was one of the most ridiculous. I'm looking for the tweet right now. It just popped into my head right the second while I we were talking about this. For his sake, for Brody's sake, the new guy running the Mets, oh my former God. player agent. I hope that's not true. Because, you know, stuff flies around, scuttlebutt, and then gets out to Twitter because it's Twitter era. This is from uh I just see. hope this isn't true. This is from Chris Carlin who is a co-host uh, on uh, WFAN in New York Radio, who cites Joel Sherman, one of the Mets beat writers, and he says, Joel Sherman suggests the Mets are hesitant to deal Syndergaard or Diaz to teams like the Yankees or Astros because they're more advanced analytically and they could flourish for those teams. In other words, and this is Chris's summation of the thing, those teams are smarter than us. <laughs> Just quit baseball. Oh, dang, that dude. is That is... Every bit as ridiculous as the Knicks not wanting to give, not signing Kevin Durant because they didn't want to give him the max. Like, that is so ridiculous. I and so asinine. Got bad news for the Mets if they only want to trade with teams that they are smarter than. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good luck. Don't know that you want to be trading with teams hey, in the sh- International League. Hey, guy, hey uh, if the New York Mets are listening, the Twins are idiots. They oh, so dumb. They don't use analytics at all. Not sure they'd even know what Edwin Diaz I, does for a living. I don't think Falvey and Levine can spell analytics. <laughs> Noah Syndergaard, is that 1A or 2? Don't tell them. They're only worried about the Yankees <laughs> and the Astros. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, hey, this is... Uh, Derek Falvey, uh, I work with the Twins. We've spoken before. Yeah, Brody, nice to see you again. Nice, nice to speak with you. We're FaceTiming. We're short on time here. We had to cut right to FaceTime. I wonder, yeah. if the Mets, I wonder if the Mets go around just doing like a secret poll, asking people, saying, what do you think of Ioannis Cespedes? Would you have given him that contract? That's right. That's right. And if that, if that team says yes, then the Mets would say, oh, yeah, we'll definitely trade yeah. with you. <laughs> so fill out your questionnaire accordingly. Falvey, send that questionnaire back, said, yes, in a heartbeat, we would have done the Cespedes deal. And then ask him what it would cost for Noah Syndergaard, Edwin Diaz, and Seth Lugo, and you're off to the races and laughing. Get the deal done, and then maybe tell them that you're into the hashtag analytics. I would start the conversation off by going, "What's this analytics stuff, you guys? Are, do you, I mean, it's just it's no. A- you can't play too dumb. You got to play just dumb enough. Which is, I mean, there's a time and a place, right? <laughs> like analytics certainly has helped some teams do some things, but like there's a time and a place for everything. It's you know, it's really too bad. Mets fans deserve better than this. Do they though? I yeah, think so. I'm with Manny. <laughs> they I do. do. Spoken like a true Cubs fan. Does anybody deserve good things? Does anybody deserve yeah. joy and happiness in their lives? I had. I didn't get it for 36 years. <laughs> Why should you get it? Well, now you've got it. Share the love. Nah, that's you all right. want more of the love for I yourself. I want it all okay. for myself. All right. that's yep. fair. My nickname at my previous stop, one of the, one of the many, was the Big Selfish. The Big Selfish. <laughs> the Big that's Selfish. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all 
right, we'll see if that one will stick. I'll we- tell you. I'll tell you when I'm being selfish. Some people will hide behind ulterior motives. Oh, for sure. I'll tell you when I'm being selfish. <laughs> We've had a tough time finding one that'll stick. Manny, that might do the trick. That's a, that's a great nickname. This is for Rami, selfish. damn it. I love it. That's awesome. Love me some me. We'll hit a, do we have time for a quick session of uh, did the Twins bullpen do its job? It, should be, a, it should be a quick game, or should we do it after the break, Let's Manny? do it after, right? Yeah, we can do it after the break. I just, it'll be pretty quick. I so. just think America comes back from commercial right. breaks yeah. expecting game show music, and, and that's what we're going to give them. I agree. So, America's favorite new game show coming up after a short break, and some reckless trade speculation regarding Noah Syndergaard, who, again, if the Mets are listening, Twins know nothing about analytics. Never heard of it. Feel free to trade them here to the Don't Twin Don't know what cities. it is. It's the Score North First Place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is 59. I'm Rami Makloff, Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill. We'll be back after this on 1500scorenorth.com. Any Score North mobile app. The Score North Twin Show. Bomba. On Score North and scorenorth.com. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. All right, time for a Score North download. It's 1247. Manny Hill here with you. And this Score North download brought to you by MyPillow. And it is a reminder for you to join Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore, Rami Makloff, Judd Zolgad, and former Minnesota Twins All-Star closer Glenn Perkins for a special recording of the Score North Twin Show, Glenn Perkins on Baseball, Tuesday, August 6th, beginning at 5 p.m. from Modest Brewing Company in Minneapolis. All attendees will receive one complimentary beer, courtesy of Modest Brewing Company, with prize giveaways throughout the night. The event is free, but a reminder, you must register to attend. And uh, in fact, you can register right now at scorenorth.com slash Glenn. And, uh, as we return to the Score North First Place Twin Show, speaking of bullpen arms. That's right. It's time for America's favorite new game show. Did the Twins bullpen do its job? Where we find out if the Twins bullpen did its job. And now your host, the one and only Derek Wetmore. Derek, take it away. <laughs> Thank you, Ram Rami. Much appreciated for the kind, warm-hearted introduction. And to the studio audience, giving it up. I love it. I love it. It's Love uh, our studio audience, Derek. It's like they're excited to hear about Sean. On and Poppin! <laughs> Only you could do that, Rami. That's perfect. Um, yes, yeah, Sean On and Poppin came out of the Twins' bullpen yesterday. Because don't forget, this isn't did the Twins' starting rotation do its job. But Jose Barrios looked pretty nice yesterday. Seven innings in Chicago. I know that lineup's a little watered down. But he was going up against Lucas Giolito. Fun, fun matchup. Barrios got the best of him, obviously. And then uh, Sean Poppin comes in. I'll cut right to the chase. He pitched the rest of the game. <laughs> Two innings, scoreless. Uh, he did give up a single to Jose Abreu, but then Yoan Moncada somehow lined into the still the stupidest double play that I've seen this year when Jose Abreu <laughs> rounded second base. And then Eddie Rosario catches the ball basically at the warning track in the corner, and Abreu's like, oh, shoot, I better get, get back quickly, and cuts across the infield, not retouching second base, Dude, and he was doubled off. Dick Bramer was, like, perturbed by that. He, he, could, so not, he could not let <laughs> he it go. So mad. Like, was... two batters later, he was still, like, trying to find the words. His color analyst, <laughs> Troy Hawkins, sitting 
sitting there and he's like, dude, we got to let this go. Like, it's fine to just move on now. Yeah, Latroy Hawkins like, that's a learning moment right there. It's very mature of Latroy. And Dick Breiber goes, he had to have known that, didn't he? How do you not know that? He's been around for a long time. The only thing I could think of, and sorry, Sean, on and pop, and we'll get back to you in a second, but the only thing I could think is like maybe he didn't touch second base on the way there, in which case I'm not sure what the rule book says, but I wouldn't think you'd have to retouch it. But then I saw the replay, and I'm pretty sure he touched second base and just didn't know the rule that you have to go back and retouch second base. I mean, that was literally Little League stuff right there. Little League rule. But he can't, like, if if even if he's he's trying to advance past second base, like, you can't advance past second base without touching second base anyway, though, right? Right, right, right. So, so, like, what, so what was he doing <laughs> either way? Like, So even if he didn't initially touch second right. base to try and advance past it, like, Dude, you can't do that. What Just the hell's wrong to, with you? Trying to sneak it by, I guess. <laughs> so, Sean and On and Poppin gets the uh, benefit of that in the eighth inning, of course. It's a bit of a boneheaded base running play, that's all. And then in the ninth inning, he comes back out again, and he gets two more strikeouts in the ninth inning for a, another scoreless inning. That included a strikeout of Jose Rendon, uh, all sliders. And then he came out against Adam Engel, and he was throwing like 95 uh, with the fastball. Eventually gets another swing and strike with a slider and gets it done. Uh, Manny, we're going to elongate this game a little bit, but Mm -hmm. we do need to pay off the listener audience. This is what they came for. This is what they got their free tickets to. Did the Twins bullpen do its job? Did the Twins bullpen yesterday do its job? I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to add another yes. For Jose Barrios. Nice. Because Jose Barrios also did his job last night as the number one starter of the Twins, needing to eat some innings. I mean, obviously they needed him to, to pitch well and perform well, but they also needed him to, to, to you know, go deep into this game because this bullpen overall as a unit is just gassed. Eat some innings. And, and he gave him seven innings last night, and so... I'll give him a no, I'll give him one too as well. Wow, I'm I'm going to stretch this even back further to get to uh, let get Rami back in the studio. Ram, Rami, if you could call Rami, him in a second. could you please get back in here? Thank you. Just live on the set. We'll get him up here in a second because we're going to need hey his guys. help with man. Wow, that was, that was fast. Was quick. Been working on it. You must have just been sitting just off stage. I was just outside the studio. Okay, yeah, just well, backstage here. Always ready. Mm-hmm. I love it. So I was just about to ask Manny. Now I'll ask you too, Rami. For both of you guys, let's stretch this bullpen game back one more. Devin Smelter going five innings two days ago, giving up one earned run, four strikeouts, no walks. Just the I think it was the solo home run to Edwin Encarnacion was the only damage. Um, I just want to hear the bell one more time to Devin Smeltzer. Before he got sent out back to the minor leagues, thanks for playing. Did Devin Smeltzer do his job? Yeah. Absolutely did his job. And he gets a round of applause, too. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Absolutely. I think so. Beyond just doing the job, like you were saying, Derek, of going out and and getting outs in in that game, he did the job of giving Taylor Rogers and the rest of that bullpen the night off. That, Great that, point. That was the primary job of of Sean on and popping last night. And now I I uh, I don't have the pitching matchup right in front of me. But tonight's game, you've got the White Sox. Yes, it's on the road, but you're a better team. Go ahead and win that one. Oh, and by the way, Tyler Duffy has had the last two nights off. Trevor May has had the last three four nights off. And most importantly, Taylor Rogers has had the last two nights off. Probably probably needed. I would say at yeah. this stretch in the schedule, give him a little blow. But now you're looking at a situation where 
I mean, it's it's just math. If Taylor Rogers is going to take one of those nine innings, and I got to count for eight, well, okay. If Tyler Duffy's trusted to take one of those, okay, then great. If you're going to have this Carlos Torres guy pitch, he's on the roster, and if it's a lopsided score or whatever, okay. Now there are fewer innings that a starter has to account for. So I actually think about the game going backwards when you are healthy. You hear on broadcasts a lot, starters don't go deep anymore. Starters going to It's because starters are worse at pitching the third time they face somebody. There's data to say that. Yeah. Proof, undeniably, that most pitchers, not named Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, are worse when they have to face Aaron Judge for the third time. So rather go get somebody from the bullpen who's also a pretty good pitcher when you're rested and healthy and you can build it like that, and now you're saying to a starter, hey, if you can get those uh, those 18 outs, that's that's awesome. We'll be, we'll be so thrilled with that. So go through the batting order. You're going to have to do it twice. You might have to dig into a third time because mm-hmm. unless you have a no-no going or something like that, we're going to need maybe more than 18 outs, but in a game where you have a rested bullpen that you trust all of the arms, you don't need to get... Any more than that, it's fine. So now, add another arm or two to that backhand mix, and you're feeling a lot better about that. But I thought last night twins. was what what Barrios and Poppin did together was big for this Twins team. Oh, I totally agree. Was with huge point. for this Twins team. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, <laughs> it's starting to look, and you're not going to have a ton of time to figure this out. But it's starting to look like this club needs a starter. I won't argue with you on that. And I have in the you past. Will get, you will get zero argument from okay. me on that. <laughs> There's no op- opposition I in the room. totally believe that. Good to know. There is a, I don't know, there's a, a component that to me says, okay, you don't need that spot filled because you trust Jose to go get it done and you would probably do the same in October. You're not, you're not replacing three starters. One of your postseason games, assuming that you can earn your way to punch your ticket to October, host games at Target Field by winning the division. Jose Brios is, you're counting on him. He's nails in those spots. He right. showed it again last night. Right. Who's the other pitcher that you trust in this rotation if a playoff series started? Well, today? has the Syndergaard trade happened? Or has um, not? Have has the Tigers not. given up Matthew Boyd? Do you want to get yet? into Syndergaard or? right now, or do you want to save that for uh, your hour with Judd Zolgad? We might be running low on time. Um, America's favorite new game show, while important, does yes. does kind of suck up a segment. It does sucks up a whole segment. So we should uh, probably go ahead and break. There is some developments on Noah Syndergaard today. Oh, as it relates. Specifically to your Minnesota Twins. I'm sure Judd Zolgad has thoughts on that. We're going to call in the big righty, win the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks, where the magic number is 59 returns right after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app.